welcome everyone to this episode of This One Time at OU. We're excited today to have Chris Croft talk about uh, one of Athens' most prolific bars. We've had Tony's, we've had the pub, and now we want to talk about probably Athens' hottest music spot, and that of course is the Union. Uh, Chris completed a documentary about the Union where it goes through its history, uh, when it burnt down, and its its rise from the ashes. ashes. So welcome, Chris. Hi, Tim. How are you? Or the asses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think, thanks for having me on. You got it. And welcome, Roz, and welcome, Devin. Hey, guys. Well, Chris, tell us about your time at OU. We like to start off. Uh, we we kind of talk about uh, when we went to OU, our time in Athens, how long uh, we were there, maybe places we li- lived, if we were a student, what we studied. Okay. Um, so I, uh, I moved to Athens in 2005. And um, I graduated high school in 04, um, and I just kind of messed around my hometown a little bit. But uh, all of my friends went to OU. I was I was burnt out on school, honestly. But um, they, the uh, second year they were there, they uh, they got this big house on North Lancaster. It was like uh, two three bedroom duplexes. So it was like moving in with like five of my friends from high school. I was like, hell yeah, I'm into that. I'm not really doing anything here. I'm just like working at like the local, um, mom and pop restaurant. So I, I moved up there and, uh, my friend Adam <clears throat> who lived with me, got me a, a job at the Wendy's down on East state street. And I did that for a while. And, um, yeah, so I just kind of hung out, uh, got to kind of get uh acquainted with the town it was i i grew up in belpre uh ohio which is about 40 miles uh from athens and uh that place is very uh very appalachia <laughs> super appalachia so um if you were anything outside the status quo you were kind of shunned so uh as soon as i uh went to a couple of shows at the union you know one of those all ages shows when i was 18 ni- or 19 mostly um i found some really cool dudes there um they got me underage beers that was extra cool went to a lot of after hours a lot of uh hanging out on porches and stuff but uh yeah i'd never been in like that kind of creative community before and i was um readily accepted and that was really great for like my uh my confidence and my social skills i was a very much um an introvert at the time and my social skills weren't necessarily up to par um so uh Alcohol definitely helped with my uh, ang- my social anxiety, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, but I yeah, like I'd never been in, in such a tight knit community before, a creative community. Um, so the union really uh, stuck out for me. Were you a student in Athens, or you just uh, moved there um, with friends? I moved initially. I just moved there, and then at about uh, let's see, I got a job at the in town body shop in about oh seven. Uh, working for my uncle and then I was kind of messing around there I was like you know what I want to go back to school but um my grades weren't that great so I uh moved back in with my mom for like a year went to community college and then I came back in late 2008 to go to OU in the fall and um I've I went in initially as like you know undeclared but I was um basically working on a demo reel to get into the uh the media school which is like one of the hardest ones to get into because it's such a small program and they're like super selective. So every um, year they only accept about 30 people. So I applied the first year. I was just, I had like a little camcorder and I was like learning how to edit and and shoot and all that. And um, I didn't get in my first time, but I was still like um, 
they had opportunities to participate in some of the uh, media school projects. So I did that. I volunteered my time and then I kind of used that to my um, advantage to get in the next year. And then after that, it's like the, the last two years of school was just nothing. Every weekend, just shooting stuff. It was, it was intense. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, actually tried to pick up photography there as like an elective and it was way way beyond anything that was going to be some sort of elective and they're just not the time to it's a full-time job almost on those type of programs yeah absolutely um one of the longest projects i worked on my uh on my senior year we actually um did like a nine day uh road road film like over spring break like we didn't get spring break we were shooting over spring break like we drove from athens all the way to central texas and back just shooting this film over nine days it, that that was uh, probably wow. the most intense it got. That sounds really, really awesome. intense and fun, too. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. Uh, it definitely uh, kind of pushed us all to our limits <laughs> in one way or another. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you're in the communication. I think that's part of the journalism school. And Roz and Devin are both part of the program. So I think they can appreciate the, the hard work and long hours. Right. That's right. right. I never tried any um, art classes like photography or film, but I did minor in film and loved going to the uh, film classes and just watching films and writing papers about it. That was right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually minored in film, so I was definitely putting all my eggs in one basket. Um, I, I did have an internship at uh, WOUB, for uh, a year and a half, uh, I initially started out as what they call the uh, pledge producer, where mostly just fill out spreadsheets, do like minor tasks. I wrote a few radio scripts, like uh, promoting, you know, NPR content. And then they eventually got me on like editing video for um, the WOUB website. And uh, I also was like the backup uh, pinch editor for the, the news watch, like the student run uh news program so whenever they had they uh were in, in need of an editor like that night i was like okay i'll let's throw this together and do something real quick very cool you can't replace that type of experience so how did you get into the, the documentary what led you to is that all <coughs> your first choice of film i guess is documentary or you have just um, fell into this one I'm definitely a fan of, of documentaries. You know, of course, Ken Burns, everything he puts out is magic. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I had been dabbling in uh, mockumentary, so I ca at least knew how to do that type of setup um, and how, how a documentary is, like, structured and, and kind of works and both the shooting and editing. But, um, yeah, I was, I was a big union kid. I was there, you know, pretty much any weekend I could be, at least once a week. <laughs> Um, I, I loved going to the rock and roll shows. So, um, when that burnt down, I was actually like, uh, I had just moved from Athens about six months after that. I was definitely feeling, uh, homesick. And, um, yeah, I just saw that on, on Facebook, just like, you know, like the majority of my friends were, or union people on Facebook. And it was just like post after post. It was just all day. People just going, Oh my God, it's gone. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause we were actually there. My, um, son and daughter both went there my daughter we were i think she had some she was on the soccer team and she had some friends that actually lost all their stuff in the um in the fire and we were like just coming out of the bookstore when that actually found out it was crazy wow. oh wow yeah that must have been something to see yeah it was yeah really sad just because 
well, yeah, we had so many bars then, but the union always, as far as a lot of the other bars seem to have like cover bands. The union was the one place you could count on really original, creative, anything goes sort of type of things. Go up and give it your best shot. Be yourself. It wasn't ever. The only cover song I remember from there is a guy did a cover of um, George Jones. He stopped loving here today, but it was a total punk thrash thing. So it was you know, you're three bars into it before you realize it's a cover type type of stuff. That stuff happened. Yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of uh, covers going on. At the union, the I mean, the only notable ones was uh, the the annual uh, big cover up where it's like on purpose, just have like four different bands cover uh, various artists, and then like the other one was um, that's big there is a uh, Lennon Fest, which, which um, it's well, it's primarily John Lennon songs, but they'll they'll kind of basically take any Beatles song, but that that's also with like Jackie O's and Casa and stuff, so that 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 was also a really good time. But yeah, for the most part, you got original artists even if it was like at times um people who were actually active times where you would just have like the same like 12 dudes and like four different configurations play that night but (laughs) at least they at least they were making something original (laughs) do you play music um no i dabbled for years uh i played like uh keyboards a lot when i was um in my early 20s and then um and then my mid twenties, I finally picked up the guitar, and I played that for about almost every day for about three years. And then I don't know, I just kind of got burnt out, and you know, uh, video and photo were kind of taking up more of my creative energy. So I kind of ditched those. I'll pick up the guitar, you know, a couple of times a year, but that's about it. But yeah, um, I was in a band from um, twenty ten to twenty twelve. We were called Punishment with an exclamation mark that's for copyright purposes cuz of course there's another band called punishment but um we were <laughs> we were interesting we were more performance art than we were music it was just improvisational noise it was just okay yeah that's like perfect for the union like we did, of course we just did a lot of opening spots and we did a bunch of house shows but i mean people uh we had like a pretty decent fan base we had about 25 or 30 people show up to any time we played we only played like maybe once a month but we just get up there we we'd go to the um the goodwill and find like the most ridiculous clothes we could for dirt cheap and just have these ridiculous costumes and just go up there and just make asses out of ourselves and and make a bunch of noise and blow people's ears out <laughs> as only you could lo- do at the union, right? Yeah, I did yeah. that a lot without a band. I just made an ass of myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about the documentary. What? I, obviously, you're, you're a fan of the union, as we all are. But what made you say, hey, you know what? I need to cap- capture this forever. Okay. Well, um, to kind of pull back to my story of like the day of the fire, um, I was like thinking uh, when I saw, you know, all that, all those people posting about it, I was like, man. Somebody like uh, I was like assuming it was going to be rebuilt. I was like, man, somebody should make like a documentary about this place. And I was like, oh yeah, I make movies. I should do it. Which sometimes I regret doing because it was a pain in the butt. <laughs> but um, so yeah. Um, so at the end of December, um, I started talking to people to try and pull something there because like everybody was at this point like gung ho. You know, trying to help out the union anyway. You know, there's all those. There was a bunch of fundraiser shows, and there was like the big GoFundMe and all all that sort of thing. So I, it wasn't hard to get people to kind of help contribute uh, to this documentary, um, especially when all those those emotions were were running so high. 
So I, I um, ended up talking to a, an acquaintance of mine, now now good friend, over the course of making this film. Uh, his, his name is Milo, and he was like the guy who was there almost every almost every show. He he uh, he wasn't a party guy, but he was a, he was a definitely a rock and roll guy. But he was there. Uh, he'd always just film the shows and and release like little live music videos for for all the local bands, and he'd also like record all their the multi tracks coming from the soundboard and, and give him mixes and stuff. So he, he was a real popular guy. And, uh, so I talked to him. I was like, Hey man, it's like, how far does your archive go back? He's like, he's like, I've got like hundreds of shows since like 2007. I was like, Oh, perfect. We can use a lot of that. And we did. <laughs> was it mostly like, Hey, I got mostly descendant stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different Milo, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he had all this archival footage, all this archival sound, and we just kind of, he, he like gave me just this huge hard drive full of stuff. And that was like the archive. Then he ended up like helping me, um, work on a lot of the, the interviews and stuff as well. Um, he, I mean, he didn't really have much of a video background. He just had, a, you know, a couple of camcorders and just, Hey, pointed at the band. But, you know, I taught him some stuff and, and we made it work. That's great. That really, so that did that kind of solidify your decision to do the documentary when you found out you had all that available? Yeah, because one of the hardest parts about making a documentary, there's there's two parts, well, okay, three parts that are hard about making a documentary, so basically the whole thing's hard. So one one is uh, getting, you know, uh, what we call B-rolls, like the stuff you cut away to while people are talking. So you need to have this huge archive. I still have all this unused stuff, all so much footage. I have an entire three terabyte hard drive just full of union stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. Um so you need you need an archive to pull from, um, and then you need to have access, which I had access is when like basically you can get a hold of the people that are involved, the places they're involved. So I had access because I've been going there for you know nine years at that point. So I knew everybody. I had access to all these people. All I had to do was call them up and schedule it. And then there's like the filming itself, which is just you know can sometimes be a technical nightmare, which we we had our issues, but um, for the most part I think we pulled through. Um, but yeah, like. As, as long as I could have that archive, that was like my main uh, point of contention. It was just I had to have that archive of all this stuff. But Milo had like this good archive. It was a great, it was like a fantastic backbone to the film. So yeah, once I had that, I was like pretty much good to go. And of course, I like sourced it from a bunch of other people. People I never even met were sending me photos and even like so, like <laughs> flip phone videos and stuff. So that that was really cool. Um, yeah, great. there's a lot of stuff that that. I don't think a lot of other bars or even any establishment would have as far as footage going back. There's some great stuff you picked up there. Yeah, I got I got um, from Lee Height. Um, unfortunately, his interview got cut for the most part. Um, Lee Height hooked me up with um, a bunch of digitized uh, VHS recordings from the late 80s early 90s all all those bands a lot well a lot of him but he was a he was a wild front man so I, I was all into that and that's kind of what you want out of a union front man and um after the advent of the smartphone because you know people were just taking more videos and it's just a lot easier uh, there's just a lot more out there of that um there there was like one person's archive that i was trying to get he had like high eight tapes and stuff but it never worked out, unfortunately. I I would have killed to have his collection. He had, all, he had all this stuff from like the late seventies, early eighties. That would have been great. But 
Right. Um, we I watched your uh, documentary, and it was great. And it, you did have a lot of footage there. I saw. So uh, you yeah, the quality was good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A lot of it was like I said. It was it's a lot of it's more modern. Um, I kind of wanted to speak more to my time there, and then try to cover um errors where i wasn't there the best i could but it mostly focused on my time there so basically the the 10 years before it burned down um but i don't know for the union i think i feel like that's the same it was 10 years before and it's kind of the same it was when we we were there i mean the union always had that same vibe and i, I don't know when, when i when i saw it i was like oh what's the year and then i you know i thought it'd be it in 2000 when you were there but man a lot of the same kind of scene and same people playing and, and same music was there probably from day one it certainly was when we were there in the late 80s right man when i think about the union i just remember i'd be seeing a band upstairs and it would be so hot and sweaty and i would go downstairs to get a drink because that was usually quicker <laughs> And you get to go to the bathroom, get a drink, and just watching the floor up on the top level, like looking like it was going to come down at any moment. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> is that something everyone here has experienced? Or is that just... yes, yes, yeah, that, that was floor bouncing for the first floor. Yeah, yeah. right. You're like, that's going to come down someday, and who knew it would be a fire that made it come down? <laughs> well. <laughs> It was that big post in the middle middle of the stage that kept it all going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, that was absolutely my experience too. Uh, <laughs> um, it, uh, around 2007, there was a uh, there was this uh, thing called like Dave Rave, which is basically just like a big like college kid uh, like dance party, and they would literally have the top the the top floor to capacity every time. And I went up there once just to see what what all the hubbub was about. And like you walk up there, and it was just misty, hazy. <laughs> uh, just the air is saturated with just booze, sweat, and it was like a hundred degrees up there. And I was like, "Nope, not into it. No thanks." <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely where the freak flag could fly without any anyone caring. That that's definitely something that I think you try and capture in the documentary, and I it's so true. <laughs> Well, yeah. when you were there, could you smoke cigarettes? Um, for my first few years there, I, I do I do remember um, when the smoking ban went into effect. Actually, the union they were a, a holdout for for about six months afterwards. What they did was like they would just literally uh, pay the fine. They would have like they had the uh, tip jar uh, to pay the fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ross, see the freak flag is gone even for cigarette smoking. Oh yeah, they're, they're rebellious. <laughs> yes, yes, I did always love that about the place, and definitely played pool there a lot, and uh, the bottom row. And I ate just... chili dogs there. I remember they were two for a dollar when I was uh, there. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I remember that a, one guy on our in our mod or Jamie House, they had a program mm -hmm. where if you Went every day and you said hi to the bartender or owner. I can't think of his name. He had like a look like a first grade poster board thing with stars. If you went every day through the quarter, they had this one party. You went every the year, they had a bigger party, and you went like all the three years that you were illegal because the drinking age was nineteen. Then they had some like steak dinner allegedly, got a <laughs> ceiling tile with your name on it. It's like early loyalty marketing, but it's like people were going anyway. So yeah, it gave you a reason when it was ten degrees and nobody wanted to walk uptown. They go uptown and have a beer and play a game of pinball and 
go back down on a Tuesday night when there wasn't a band there. Oh man, I'm super jealous. I wish that was a thing in my time. Um, the only perks I got was like uh, sometimes they'd let me in the shows for free, or I'd get a free drink here and there, and like you get to hang out on the the cool smoking stoop out back <laughs> with the workers. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be underestimated, though. That's still a good perk. Yep. <laughs> well, Chris, do you still live in Athens? No, I, I'm based out of Columbus. I've been here um, since uh, the summer of 2014. So I've been up here kind of uh, trying to uh, make my own way up here. I got a small company. Uh, by small, I mean just me. But <laughs> uh, it's going all right. <laughs> well, do you get back there a lot? Yeah, um, it, it, it kind of comes and goes. There'll be times where I'm down there like a couple times a month. It just really depends on what's going on down there. I still like to go down there and just take pictures of like all those those crazy cats down there. Like when, um, you know, some of the bands I used to watch will have like a reunion show or something or they just have particularly uh, good stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say on average once a month um, throughout the year. Yeah. Well, we didn't have Blackout Fest when we were there. That seems like a pretty big deal. <laughs> <laughs> is that what's called? The, the... Yes, Blackout okay. Fest. Uh, is that over the top? The goal is to get uh, blacked out, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's a. Uh, it started out uh, as like this thing for the uh, the uh, promoter, uh, Scott Willen's birthday back in, I don't know how, how many years it was, 22 years ago. Um, it started out as his birthday. I was like, hey, let's all let's all get blackout drunk so you can play the best. And uh, I I guess uh, Pimpy Accelerator was the winner. But um, ever since then, it, uh, on his birthday, he'd throw like basically a big party for himself and made the bar pay for it. <laughs> but it started out as like a one-night thing, and then now it's a for the last probably more than 10 years it's it's been a three night thing but every like er, uh, anybody who was like a, a a union person um during that during you know scott's tenure it comes back for at least one night usually saturday night but um if you live there you're there for all three nights you're there at 4 p.m all three days and then you're there till 2 a.m and everybody's pretty rough by sunday <laughs> everybody goes hard I would be dead, I think. What I noticed in, in your uh, film that you talked to different promoters. How does that work in Athens? Does every bar have a music prom promoter, or is it just one for Athens? Uh, everybody has, yeah, all the bars have their own promoter. Sometimes they, um, they'll, they'll work together to get, like, a larger act together. Like, um, if there's an act that maybe not, that you know, one of the bars may not necessarily make money on because you can't really charge too much for ticket prices in Athens. Like anything about 20 bucks has to be something really special. So usually they'll collaborate and the two bars will kind of merge their funds and just basically break even <laughs> so that they can have a big act in Athens. Oh yeah, um, cover charge. If a cover charge was like probably more than $5, like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, right. that's... Yeah, that was that's still the average, unfortunately for for the musicians. But um, yeah, but yeah, every bar has their own the thing. Love of music before they have real responsibility, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, well tell <laughs> us about uh, so after the fire, you saw this outpouring of emotion and support. So like, let's do a documentary. Did you start it right after the fire, and how long did it take? Oh, um, so like I said, I was talking to people in December. That's how I got hooked up with Milo and his his archive and stuff. And then um, Milo and I um, did some preliminary interviews um, 
because when when emotions are high, you want to pounce on that as as a uh, documentary uh, director and interviewer because you want those tears because that's that's good movie making right there. You got the you really want those emotions. So uh, it was probably the the middle mid, mid to late January. We were out there for a um, couple of days uh, getting interviews from from people that I knew, a lot of people that worked there, and uh, we really the the goal was to make a crowdfunding video like just say hey we have these things made and we just make like a little tiny mini trailers like this is kind of what we're going for in a nutshell and we actually ended up using more of those interviews with just like our crappy little camcorders um just because those emotions were so high um like you can i don't know if you know this but there is like definitely like some discrepancy in quality between parts of it like some of it are, is, looks real nice and sharp and other stuff is like definitely uh more grainy less less sharp but yeah, but you did a good job of, of the people you interviewed told a great story. So I really didn't notice it because I was interested in what they had to say. So yeah. Kudos there. Yeah, same. Excellent. So yeah, we, uh, we, we raised about $1,100. Uh, I was, my goal was 2000, so it didn't quite make it. Um, but ultimately it did get made. So yeah, I, I got some money from, you know, union fans and friends and, and all that. And then at the end, uh, I threw a bunch of my own money at it because that's what you got to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. people like it so much and they want you to like pay back some of your money. How would they do that? Um, well, I used to have it for sale, but, um, you know, the, the service basically cost me a yearly fee. So I just kind of 86 that and just made it free for everybody. Yeah. That $5 cover charge was like, ah, people aren't really going to yeah. pay that. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's free on YouTube now. You can just search uh, the last call, the Union documentary on YouTube. It's uh, on my um, my company's YouTube page, uh, CC Pictures Ltd. Um, so if you search that on YouTube, it should come up. Um, and um, if you if you like it, you can check me out on on Patreon. It's a uh, CC Picks on Patreon, CC P I X. Um, if you uh, if you enjoyed it and you want to throw me a few bucks and maybe uh, recoup some of my costs there, that I I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> What's your ne next Athens project? Uh, my next Athens project, um, I think I'm going to cover a friend's uh, three-day music festival that he's throwing just uh, out in the middle of nowhere. It's it's going to be called a Triple Cheeseburger Fest, uh, the third of the Cheeseburger Fests. Um, but uh, what what he does is he makes a, he and his friends make a giant paper mache cheeseburger, and they play some bands, and then at the end they burn the cheeseburger. And then nice. they, so it's they like also a Burning Man Spring Fest type. It's thing. it's a burning burger. Yeah. Is it really like a one and two? Like the first one's like a, just a burger, and the second one's a burger with the bun, and the third one's a cheeseburger. Well, the first the first one was a burger, the second one was a double cheeseburger, and this one's going to be a triple cheeseburger. So ba ah. uh, so basically, they they make an exponentially larger uh, cheeseburger out of paper mache, so it's a bigger fire every year. Time to throw in another patty, and the crowd goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That well, that's awesome. But what about the the rest of the Union archives? Any plans for that? Um, not at the moment. Um, I I I was thinking about pit, maybe putting out like little mini features. Um, when I when I have the extra time to do it. Um, I'm just waiting for somebody to just hit me up and be like, "Hey, can I use some of your archive stuff?" I was like, "Yeah, as long as I can, you know, get approval from the people who gave it to me." Um, but if you know you want to use any of the stuff that I have, absolutely. Um. Yeah, if anybody wants to use my footage, just hit me up. Well, now, you got you... a lot of uh, footage from the damage of the fire, which I found interesting. Um, where did you get that from? Oh, that actually Milo filmed that. He's a uh, you know since he's a uh, you know all buddy buddy with everybody at the bar. He um, 
um, he, he, you know, he was hit real hard with that. He's like, he's like, I'm going to be right there. And then he came down with his camcorder and he, you know, surveyed the damage and everything with everybody. It was, um, really, really heart wrenching to, to see it in that sort of state. Right. The drum set underneath the, the, you know, falling down debris and stuff. And that was, that was really interesting for me to see. Like, wow. yeah, that just says, Hey, this is real. Someone was playing the drums hours ago. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, my brother did a documentary on one of our previous episodes, and he entered in some film festivals. Did you do any of that? Yeah, I entered. I entered into a few. Um, I got into a few, but not you know nothing major. I didn't win any awards. I was just happy to have people see my stuff. But yeah, it didn't. It didn't really uh, take off or anything. <laughs> it's not viral. <laughs> uh, I, it was mostly made for my friends and, and people of Athens. It was. It basically it's. It was more of a gift. It was also kind of since I had just left Athens, you know, when when I especially when I first started, like I said, I was very homesick. So it was also just kind of like a uh, kind of like a time capsule for myself to just kind of remember all, all, all these times and all these people. Yeah, I heard there's a podcast that just talks about how great Athens is. Yeah, it's kind of a money losing <laughs> yeah. venture, and just everyone loves Athens, and every conversation begins and ends with a smile. You should check it out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Athens tends to make you spend money just to talk about it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, Chris, I, I will say, though, like, was this your first film? Because the quality and just the storyline, I think it was very well put together. I'm a film fan, and I think it was super. Oh, thank you. Um, it was it was my first feature. I've worked on a lot of shorter films. I think the you know the next closest one was about a half an hour. So this is twice as long as my you know my last one. But uh, yeah, it's my first feature length. Um, but you know, uh, at, at that point, you know, when I started, I was five years into studying video, so I at least had like a good handle on it. And also, you know, the film took me um, about four years to finally get it out. There's just hangups and, you know, personal things and lack of funds and time and all that. So yeah, it took me a long time. And especially, you know, the last year of editing, it went through some major, major changes. So basically I had a lot of time to kind of think about what was going to happen in the film, uh, you know, in the end. So that, I think that really played to my advantage instead of trying to rush something out. Yeah. Same kudos for sticking working. it out too. Yeah. For sure. Uh, same people working at the union. It's uh, some of the people are there. Some, you know, some of them shifted around. What do you think about the new union versus the old one? I mean, I know the upstairs is pretty different. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, especially the upstairs, the sound is fantastic. I mean, they're they're always like constantly tinkering with it and, and like adding new like bass traps and more sound conditioning. But it, the new speakers, they even got newer speakers uh, since the rebuild. But the sound up there is fantastic. The acoustics are even better because they were able to, you know, make a lot more space. So yeah, I love the upstairs. I love the design. I love the wood. I love the lights. Um, but yeah, the, I think the biggest thing for me is the sound, the space. Um, I was there uh, for mom's weekend last year saw the i think they're called any color the pink floyd cover band oh yeah and uh i was definitely impressed and i loved the big patio outside which wasn't there before oh so yeah now you don't have to go downstairs to get some air you can just go outside <laughs> yeah yeah uh i'm a i'm a smoker of 15 years so i definitely appreciate that um but uh i think uh since it's uh you know all pretty much brand new it i think 
it's not it's definitely not as rowdy as it used to be people show a lot more uh regard for the space it's like oh hey this is still nice like when it was still you know a divey dive people just like whatever it's just write markers like everywhere no, no puking oh there's there's always going to be puking but um <laughs> the graffiti stays in the bathroom stalls it doesn't venture out there there are hardly any sticker band stickers anywhere I, there's like some on the sound booth but like the walls are literally just black it's so weird not to just see you know stuff yeah, everywhere it's all social media they're all like hey check out my insta yeah <laughs> yeah it's definitely a little classier but it's still yeah. the union <laughs> i remember being loud just like it seems like every band i saw there was just loud yeah well if you if you can't be good you can at least be loud <laughs> it's, it's too loud you're too old tim silence yeah. the detractors <laughs> i need to go back i haven't been back since uh since the fire so next time i'm there definitely it'll be my first stop yeah, uh, I I think people are definitely more reserved, less more respectful of the place, which um, little you know, uh, moderately less rowdy, which is cool for me. I mean, I'm I'm 34 now, it's like I don't really go hard, so uh, I'm usually pretty. Ch- I'm just you know one of the older dudes in the back sipping on a Miller Lite. <laughs> well, hang out with us when we all meet up in Athens. Sounds good. I'm, even though we almost have almost 20 years on you. Yeah, it's a plan. Well, I want to thank you for uh, for being on 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 the podcast it was super and what a great what a great topic and what a great documentary you did you should be very proud about that and and it's it's super anything uh any final final thoughts chris um not in particular Uh, i just want to thank you for having me on i i really appreciate it yeah thanks for being here great great work and it's if we had that for everything i'd be it's just awesome to have to look back to that i appreciate it Yes, uh, the last call of the union. Find it on YouTube, right? Yep, last call of the union documentary. All right, all yep. union lovers, gotta see it. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. For all sure. right, thank you.